Hey friends, welcome to Real Stories of Life with God, a podcast with a pretty explanatory title, because that's what we're here for, a conversation with real people about their unique life with God. I'm your host, Chelsea Eubank, and I'm so glad you're here. Let's jump into today's episode. Caleb, thanks for talking to me. We've known each other for a long time. Like what, 20, I don't even know, 25 years, maybe? No, not quite long. 22 years, probably? I was trying to think, yeah, I was was about to say, I was trying to think about the grade level, because I wasn't at Augusta Christian in kindergarten and first grade. Yeah, so second grade, seven years old, 29, yeah, so 22 (laughs) years, it's a long time. And what's also cool about our relationship was we have extra layers post-school. Yeah. Because you married a friend of mine who yeah. I grew up going to church with. Yeah, we overlapped churches for a year or two <laughs> yeah. seasons of life. Yeah, so great. Okay, tell us a little bit about you. So my name is Kayla Meeks. I am um, married. I've been married for six years now to my wife, Macy, um, who's also a friend of Chelsea's. And I have a three-year-old son named Jax, and um, he is a little energy ball right now. He has every word in the vocabulary, some great, some not so great, um, but I love every minute of it. Uh, I'm a pastor. I work at a local church um, in Evans, Georgia. I've been here for 11 years, ever since high school. So it's the only um, only job, fun fact, it's the only job I've ever had. I've only ever worked at one place my entire life, um, being 29. But yeah, that's a little bit about me. And obviously we'll get into more details, but I think uh, it's just been a blessing to a, be a husband, be a father, and to have stability in my work life being young. I think it's been, been a good season of life. And your job's morphed. Many times. Yeah, I've done, I've done yeah, everything from student ministry, children's ministry, to um, now I'm the group's pastor, online pastor, starting to dip my toe in some marriage counseling. In that many changes, have you had to learn to just go with it? Or were you like, no, I'd like something different. It's fine. Ministry calling is funny. Like when I first felt called into ministry, I was at a, a church camp and I was like, you know what? I feel called to be a youth pastor and I'm going to be in youth ministry my whole life. And then... Now, 11 years later, I've never actually been a youth pastor. (laughs) Like, I've worked in student ministry, and my calling has kind of morphed, and I've felt really more called to a location than rather a Mm -hmm. position um, for most of my ministry life so far. I just felt called to this church Mm -hmm. in any way I can help this local church fulfill its vision and ultimately the kingdom. Mm -hmm. Um, That's where I feel called to fulfill those positions. And even the position I'm in now, being a groups pastor, like, it was just a need that we had at our church where someone was transitioning to a different position. And they're like, hey, we really need you here. And I was willing to step in. And it's been a blessing um, to help see people grow in different ways and things like that. So, now, I don't know if I've ever, like, resisted it. I've also just been open to whatever mm-hmm. God calls me to here um, and take on those new challenges, knowing that it's it's a good thing to have a, a really vast amount of experience in different ways for mm-hmm. the future mm-hmm. is kind of the way I look at that. Okay, so did you think of a couple of random things? So a few random things. Um, one, one of the funniest stories I ever tell people. <laughs> actually, uh, I was on the way to a youth event at Kaioki, um when a goose flew through my windshield <laughs> And it's it's a hilarious story now after the fact. In the moment, I realized that it probably could have been really bad. But I was on the way to a youth event, and I was driving down Harvey McManus, which is ironically where I work now, off Harvey McManus, <laughs> a journey. And a goose flew up from the side of the road and went straight through my windshield and landed in my back seat. Oh, I totally forgot um, about this. I didn't know it was a goose until the... Um, the wrecker got there, and the guy's like, hey, you need to clean up your car because I'm taking your car. And I opened up my back door, and there was a goose just in my back So you didn't seat. even know that it was in, still I knew in it your was, car. Yeah, and I knew it was a bird because there was a wing sticking at my window, <laughs> but I didn't know it was a goose until the wrecker came. He was like, hey, clean your car out, open the back door, and there was just this whole 
just goose body in my back seat, and <laughs> it was like great. traumatizing. Yeah, it was a great story. I mean, there it was like blood and glass everywhere. Oh. I didn't know whose it was, but <laughs> it was a fun night that night. Like going to eventually getting to that youth event and being like, I almost died on the way. <laughs> it's a fun story. Oh my gosh! That I love sharing that story and. I, I don't know. That. Second thing about me, those of you listening can't see this, but we're actually in my office at work and I'm like a huge golf nerd. Like in my office, I have golf memorabilia all over my walls. I have golf <laughs> pencils. Most people don't even like think, why would you have golf pencils? But I have like a plaque on my wall of like all the golf courses I've played. Um, I have my high school golf bag, which I haven't been in high school in over 10 years. <laughs> um, it, I love golf and like our lead pastor and I, we text about golf every Sunday when we get home from church. So I absolutely <laughs> love golf. I'm probably more than most people. But yeah, I'm a huge I'm a huge golf nerd when it comes to um, sports and, and things like that. So there's a lot of cool stuff in here. Two of my questions that are for you kind of were rooted in Matthew 22. Jesus has asked which commandment of the law was the greatest, and he said, "Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind." And the second, "Love your neighbor as yourself." So what currently stirs your love for God? Yeah, I mean, obviously Chelsea send, sends us these questions ahead of time and we get to think on them. Some people overthink things and <laughs> immediately this answer was easy for me because it's, it's fresh and new. But like being a dad over the past three mm-hmm. years and like having a son has really changed my perspective on things. Because obviously growing up when you don't have a, a child of your own, you don't really have a, a parent perspective of your relationship with Jesus. Mm-hmm. And like the other night we were playing baseball in the hallway, which is one of the, my son's favorite things to do. We just throw the ball back and forth and he ran up behind me and just like jumped on my back and was just hold on to me. And he's like, Hey dad, I love you. And I was like, in that moment, I was kind of like, it was really cool. But that later that night, I was like, man, what does it look like for me to jump on Jesus back and just tell him like, I love you. Mm -hmm. Like, Hey, go to God. Like that's his son. Mm -hmm. Hey God, like I love you. And, but that father son relationship that I have now has really changed my perspective on a lot spiritually. A, it makes me more accountable, Mm -hmm. but B it's just, having a son who he wants to put my shoes on all the time. And like I posted about it on Facebook before, like he puts my flip flops on and they're too big, but he says like, Hey dad, I'm wearing your shoes. And to me, it's a mental mm-hmm. picture of like, what does it look like for me to be in my father's shoes? Mm-hmm. And I know he's going to fall and stumble because they're too big for him. And to me, like that, that's our spiritual lives. Like mm-hmm. we're wearing the shoes, but we're going to fall and stumble. But as long as we're in the right pair of shoes, it's a big thing. But being a pastor and communicator, I think it's sermon illustration. So that's where my <laughs> brain goes there. But yeah, I think having a son has just completely changed my life. Mm-hmm. And obviously in many ways, physically, emotionally, but spiritually has been one of the biggest differences is having a child of your own and just knowing like, what does a child life faith look like? Mm-hmm. Like I, I shared a story mm-hmm. one time at a youth camp and we were talking about how the prodigal son returns and things like that. And the father's love for their son, no matter what. And my son, when he was um, younger, a little bit younger, he would sleep in his crib, obviously, and he would wake up in the morning and just say, Daddy, I'm awake. And he knew that I was going to come get him every morning. And even to this day, he knows I'm going to come open his door and get him every morning. It's like, how much am I reliant on God? Like knowing that, like, hey, God's always there when I ask for him. Mm-hmm. So just those those little father-son moments and just parenting moments have really shaped me spiritually and really had me just strive in, in those areas of my life to, to love God more. I love that. Our, you know, daughter Anna just turned two, and I can totally relate to that. Yeah. I like what you said, too, about childlike faith earlier, because I think the biggest thing that I pay attention or notice about Anna is how um, she doesn't think about what she's saying or what she's doing or what she's feeling. She's It's just all there because mm-hmm. she's safe with me. Yeah. It inspires me 
how much do I qualify things or hide things from God or feel like I can't talk to him about those things or can't be that honest with him. The childlike faith is just trusting mm-hmm. that he has it and he has me, you know, because Anna doesn't think twice about the fact that I'm going to pick her up or take care yeah. of her or feed her or yeah. listen to her or hold her when she's crying or hold her when she's sad. But sometimes I think our um, independent tendencies as adults, we tend to maybe run from the Lord and miss out on a level of intimacy if we overthink things or. Yeah, you know? I think we. Um... We, as the older we get, the more independent we get. That's mm-hmm. a good word. I think we um, we tend to s- try to solve our own problems first. Or even like the sympathy side of things, we think like, okay, they have a bigger problem going on. And God, God can, they need God more than I do. So I can try to deal with this on my own. Mm-hmm. And then we just forget about his omniscience and yes. being omnipresent. Like he can deal with both of us. Mm-hmm. Yes. Anyway, it's not just fully. And yeah, completely. So yeah. I think as adults, sometimes we just forget like he can be with us and and active in other people's lives and is always there. And so, yeah, I just think the independent side of being an adult is mm-hmm. just, it's almost a detriment as mm-hmm. we get older and mm-hmm. it's, we lose the childlike faith. That's why it's childlike faith. Cause when you're right. a child, you're fully dependent right. on and, uh, someone older than you. But then as you become older and do things on your own, you become less dependent. Mm-hmm. And we un- unfortunately take that physical thing in, in this world and put it in our spiritual lives as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. What currently stifles your love for God? Yeah, this is one actually I struggled with for a while and, I don't know if it's, I may reword a little bit, like, Stiles my love for God, like, there's not many things that necessarily make me not love God as much, but there's a lot of things that make me discouraged, mm-hmm. that distract me from really loving God as much as I could, and our staff right now, we're going through the book of Philippians together on Thursday mornings, and which is probably my favorite book of the Bible, just because of the story Um of how it came about. And, and Matt Chandler actually teaches about this in, in his Bible study. But the way that our world is right now with so much diversity and, and just lack of unity is super discouraging to me um, as a believer, especially when I see it amongst Christians. And I think mm-hmm. when I see arguments, whether it's on social media, in person, even hearing people at, at, at churches or at restaurants, and they're arguing about things that ultimately don't matter, mm-hmm. it kind of stifles that love. Like, man, like, we should be imitating heaven on earth. Mm-hmm. And right now we're nowhere near imitating that. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were talking about this before we started recording, but even just with, with COVID going on and there's people listening to this who are on one side and there's people who listen to this who are on the other side, but believers, there should be some sort of middle ground mm-hmm. and we should be able to get along and agree to disagree. Um, I just think that we've lost, uh, we lost a little bit of sense of unity because in the story of the church of Philippi, the way it started, and Matt Chandler is a phenomenal teaching mm-hmm. this, but you have a girl named Lydia who she sells like purple cloth. She's like mm-hmm. a, a rich businesswoman. You have a slave girl and you have a jailer who's just like a blue collar guy. And all three of these people have nothing in common. Mm-hmm. Like, they have absolutely nothing in common. They're as diverse as you can get. The only thing they end up having in common is the fact they all heard the gospel and that they all encountered Jesus in some way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. And the walls broke down between them, and they started the church in Philippi. Mm-hmm. And it's like, what can we do as believers to say, hey, the one thing we have in common is the gospel. Mm-hmm. The one thing we have in common is a love for Jesus and each other. What can we? How can we put our differences to the side? I think there's so many things. We One thing we talk about around here a lot is, especially in the church world, are open-handed and closed-handed issues. Mm-hmm. Like, there's close-handed things. At the end of the day, like the virgin birth in our Christian faith, that's a close-handed thing. Like, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna bend on that at all, um, or the fact that Jesus lived a sinless life, or mm-hmm. something like that. That's a close-handed issue. But then there's open-handed issues, like you know what? 
if you think there shouldn't be drums on stage, there should be drums on stage, or you should dress up for church, or you should be as comfortable and casual as you want. Those are open hand issues we can agree to disagree on. And as believers, we can still love each other. I think right now, there's a lot of open-handed issues that we're making close-handed issues, and it's really causing um, just some division in the church. I think it's causing just division in really the Christian faith right now. Mm-hmm. And I think it's it's really discouraging for me to see that, even as a young pastor, just like, I joke all the time, even though it's not a joke, like, I don't really envy the world that my son's growing up in, whether that's in the church world or just the physical world. I say it all the time. Like, I just don't envy that world. Mm-hmm. I wish I, I wish I could say the opposite. I wish I could say, man, things are trending so well right mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. My son's not going to deal with racism. He's not going to deal with these divi- divisive problems. Mm-hmm. He's not going to deal with this or that. But it's just not true. And mm-hmm. I think that lack of unity can cause some strife and just some, like, you know what, I just... It distracts me from, I won't say loving God, but from my relationship with him sometimes because mm-hmm. I get so discouraged when, when I see that. One thing I kind of, um, since becoming a parent maybe, but I feel like I tend to ask myself a lot, like what am I actually rooted in? What am I actually trusting mm-hmm. in? So I think a lot of the, if you get to the bottom level of a lot of the arguing and strife might be fear or discontentment yeah. or insecurity yeah. or anger, you know, something that's, I'm trusting in the government to be what I need as opposed to the Lord. Or I'm finding more peace in medical, you know, you know what I mean? Like, not that you can't, <coughs> shouldn't expect or have expectations for those yeah. organizations or groups or people in your life because you want to have a healthy sense of you're supposed to do that. And mm-hmm. where, you know, you say you're going to do that. And I want to yeah. expect you to do that. But am I ultimately putting my hope in that? No. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. There's actually a book by Simon Sinek called It Starts With a Why, and we talk about it a lot just in our organization here. But getting to the answer why is ultimately the root of every mm-hmm. issue. Um, why are you upset at this? As you said, it's probably discontentment or mm-hmm. it's you know it's a, a personal agenda or a selfishness or pride. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think if we were to sit back and all ask ourselves, like, why did we, why do we call ourselves believers in the first place? Oh, it's because we believe in the gospel. We believe in Jesus. Okay, well, that's a common ground that we all share. If we could build off of that foundation as opposed to, okay, well, why do you believe this? And I like super eat, super worldly example. Why do you believe in wearing a mask and I believe in not wearing a mask or vice versa? That's the different answer than like, hey, we both believe in Jesus. We believe in loving and caring for people. We can differ on this issue. So let's start the conversation with, hey, we both love people. And we both, we may differ on different, you know, surface level things. Um, But I think if we were to ask ourselves why a good bit on both sides, why am I upset? at this person, why am I not in a healthy relationship with God? It's all going to go back to probably a personal agenda, pride, mm-hmm. roots of sin that we haven't dealt with, mm-hmm. which I think is a tough thing as well. Like I heard it said one time that a lot of times as Christians, we, we cut the weeds in life just to make it look better on the outside. Mm-hmm. But then five days later, they come back because we didn't take mm-hmm. care of the root of the problem. I think it's a root issue right now, not only in, in our world, but just in, in our faith. There's just There's some roots that haven't had time to grow deep enough or that we've just haven't taken care of. I think if Christians were having an honest conversation on everything, every hot topic of the day, (laughs) but it was rooted in like, okay, what's our common goal here to love people, to love God at the end of the day. I think that would solve a lot of things, but we just Mm -hmm. don't start on that foundation very often. Mm -hmm. And I think when we're engaging with people, we don't assume the best. Like there's a tendency to assume motive or Mm -hmm. intention. Yeah. And that's why that's why like social media is so dangerous because ninety nine percent of the time you can't read intent into any words. Right. Unless you're willing to have a face to face conversation, you're going to assume intent, 
or you're right. going to assume that they meant this, which usually it's the opposite. Whenever you have that conversation, it's like, oh, I didn't mean that at all. What right. I meant was this. And so I think there's also a little bit of a, um, we're more prone to assume than have that conversation, that yeah. tough conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we've gotten comfortable not having a cup of coffee with somebody or making a phone call. Yeah. You know, we'd rather just shoot them a text or just angrily type on a computer. And not, not that social media is all bad and that texting is all bad, mm-hmm. but I think there are times where face-to-face mm-hmm. or at least voice-to-voice can solve those problems before we get there. And and that's just yeah. an intentionality thing. Mm-hmm. We have to be more intentional about loving one another in that way of instead of gossiping and like, oh, well, they do this or they assume this. Mm-hmm. Hey, I had a conversation with them. That's definitely not what they meant by that. Um, and I think that's that's a way that we can really start to shift things in the way that the world sees believers. Mm-hmm. Um, right. I just think us having conversations, even just having stuff like this, you mm-hmm. listening to people having conversations is something we're missing and I hope mm-hmm. to see more of in this next season of life, whatever mm-hmm. that life looks like for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's good. I was doing marriage counseling with a couple on Tuesday a couple of days ago and they were probably arguing and it's like about the end of the argument, I feel like I won or the end of the argument, they feel like they won. I was like, in a marriage, in a relationship, if you feel like you won an argument, actually nobody wins. You're both losers in the argument. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think if it's if it's a debate, if it's something open like that, and at the end of it, you're like, I won that debate, you actually both lost because at the end of the day, that person feels discouraged and you mm-hmm. feel prideful mm-hmm. at the end of the day. Um, and I think there is that, what's that middle ground of, you know what? I hear you 100%. I, I understand your heart behind it. We may disagree on this, but at the end of the day, I still love the person mm-hmm. instead of like, you know what? I'm never going to talk to you again. Like, I'm going to not put you in this category. Um, so I think there is a little bit of like, don't try to win ever mm-hmm. In, mm-hmm. in in arguments or debates. I don't think Jesus came to win. Debate. That was more of a Pharisee thing, if you think about mm-hmm. it. The Pharisees wanted to win. Mm-hmm. They wanted to prove that they were right mm-hmm. and somebody else was wrong. They wanted to put you in, uh, okay, you're in this class because you don't do this, or you're in the class because you do do this. I don't think I don't think Jesus came and, and modeled that for us. I think he came just to show people love, unconditional love, no matter mm-hmm. what. I think you see that in his miracles. I think you see that how, it, whether it's a woman who dealt with an issue of blood, whether it's a blind man, whether it was feeding the 5,000, there was no, like, I'm only taking care of these certain people who mm-hmm. agreed with me. Um, I just think that Jesus did not model a way for us to put ourselves into categories. Mm-hmm. It was a more of like, hey, the common ground is you came to me, you being Jesus, you came to Jesus, whether you touched my robe or whether you came to listen to me mm-hmm. speak a message, you were able to pursue me instead of each other. And I think that's that's kind of the answer is, which who are we pursuing? In this? Are we pursuing mm-hmm. my own agenda, my own, my own way yeah. of thinking, or am I pursuing Jesus and ultimately love God, love mm-hmm. others? That's what we're pursuing at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. There's no easy answer, unfortunately. I wish there was. Me too. I almost have to remind myself that I'm not the one to change people. Mm-hmm. What we're talking about is what is my, within my responsibility to do. Yeah. Love, self-sacrificially, self-denying, denying self, compassionate, listening, being generous, and trust that he can make a difference in someone's life or the situation. You know, his spirit is one that changes and makes a difference in all our lives. So if I carry more of that responsibility, mm-hmm. then I'm probably going to try to fight more often because I'm going to feel responsible for making you see that I'm right. Yeah. Okay. I, mean, I think a lot of times we try to, we try to have a result mm. and we have to realize that like the results are all left up to him. <laughs> and they're like, long. People change and grow and, you know, it's, and sometimes you may not see a result yeah. for six years, right? but it came back to you having a conversation that planted a seed 
15 other people watered, and then six years later, there was something that came up out of it that you never even got to see that. This conversation about X, Y, or Z, we may not come to a conclusion, but the fact that we're going to have a conversation with it, that allows them to be more open and honest and down the road, they may have more of those conversations, and that's a win mm-hmm. that we never see that. So, mm-hmm. us realizing that the results are not left up to our own abilities mm-hmm. to happen, that's a, that's a, a game changer and it change our perspective. Mm-hmm. Because if you try to take on that responsibility, then honestly, you're kind of taking on the responsibility that God has. Right. You know, um, mm-hmm. we do our part. He says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you do those yeah. two things, like at the end of the day, right. if you love Him and you love your neighbor as much as you love yourself, which is hard to do. Mm-hmm. The results are left up to mm-hmm. him. So yeah, it's good. Yeah. All right. Fill in the blank. <clears throat> the truth that God is blank means a lot to you because blank. Uh, my word would have to be active. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the most popular songs in Christian world right now is, or has been the last year is Waymaker, which is a great song, but there's a line in it when he talks about even when I don't see it and even when I don't feel it, you're working. And I think that's two things I personally struggle with the most mm-hmm is moments I don't feel God working in my life and I don't see him working. And it kind of goes back to what we were talking about a second ago of sometimes it just takes time for something to pop up. Like mm-hmm. God may just be watering a seed in my life right now that I can't even see it. But three years from now, it pops up and it's like, okay, you were working this whole time mm-hmm. even when I didn't see it. I think it's even in, in our world right now. Like He's working amongst all this chaos that's going on, whether it's COVID, whether it's schools, whether it's Afghanistan mm-hmm. in this season that we're in of 2021. He's working in it no matter where, no matter what, even if mm-hmm. we can't see it, which obviously we, probably nobody can say, oh, I can definitely see exactly what God's doing right now because it's so chaotic. And <laughs> But I think at the end of this, whether it's another year, whether it's five years, we can say, mm-hmm. hey, here's the cool stories that came out of this. Whether it's a missionary family in Afghanistan that was able to survive encounters with people whether it's hey this nurse was able to to minister to this family and this person came to know jesus in this or hey this church really came together and fed the needy and the poor during a moment that they couldn't even feed themselves like i think those are the things we have to look for in seasons ahead um so i think active is probably my word um for that that's good we did a marriage study in our small group by francis and lisa chan called you and me Mm -hmm. forever Mm -hmm. some of you have probably done this here listening to this but it, that Bible study isn't about like the nuts and bolts of marriage. Like it's not about, Hey, here's how you communicate better. Or, here's how you can be a good parent. It's mm-hmm. like, Hey, let's look at your marriage from a heavenly perspective. Mm-hmm. And ultimately why you're married here on earth is to point people closer to Jesus. And it's the same thing in everything else in our life. Like, yeah, things may feel good or things may um, make you feel comfortable. But the ultimate reason you're a believer is to love God, love others and tell other people about him. Mm-hmm. I think, again, that perspective, which we talked about a lot, that perspective change of what is my why? Why do I believe in Jesus is because I love him and he changed my Mm -hmm. life. That should be comforting enough to put all the other things to the side Mm -hmm. um, in in this world. So perspective change is huge. And it's the hardest thing to do because we live in a world that we all we're just looking flat the whole time. Like everything is just person to person. But we have to have a perspective change. It's more it's more vertical. Mm. Uh, up and down it's like okay god what are you doing right now instead of the horizontal like okay what's going on in the world yeah so that perspective changes she was like lifting our eyes up instead of looking straight ahead or behind us all the time yeah that's good that's really good okay so our last question is what is something you are currently looking forward to um completely um worldly i'm looking forward to vacation in a few weeks um i just uh to be honest i'm a little tired Mm. um it's been a tough season of life in the church 
Um, with COVID, with decisions, I'm thankful to have a position. I didn't have to make many decisions. I just get the joy of following my leadership and the privilege of, of trusting them. Um, but I'm pretty tired personally. I'm just ready for a few days off. Mm-hmm. Um, and to be honest with you, as far as like on the spiritual side, I'm actually really excited about this next season of life post COVID, um, post what's going on right now, just to see the stories that have come about through this last year to year and a half, whether it is people who were able to stay in community with each other or people who lost a job and had to move to our community or somewhere else hearing their story. Mm -hmm. I'm really looking forward to see some of these things grow out of the seeds that were planted over the last Mm -hmm. year and a half. To me, that's, that's kind of a worldly thing on vacation, but a spiritual thing of like, I'm just excited about this next season. Again, whether that's a month or two, whether that's three or six months, I'm just excited about the sea and seeing like, okay, God, here's where you're working the whole Mm -hmm. time. I didn't even see that coming and this is how you use that situation you know for your own good and so i'm kind of like a kid in a candy store just like waiting to see like when's it going to open and when are like when can i go in and say oh you did this you did this Mm -hmm. you did this um i never would have seen that or i never expected that to come out of that situation and things like that so i'm really i'm really kind of excited just about this next season of life because the season we just went through is something that no one really alive has ever been through Mm. moments of isolation moments Mm -hmm. of depression Mm -hmm. um Moments of, you know, we're seeing a lot of divorces right now and things like that. A lot of stuff that seems as a negative thing, I'm kind of excited to see the positive things because I know it's yeah. coming at some point. Um, so I'm just kind of like holding on. Let's get through. <laughs> let's get through the season. All this negative stuff going on. Yeah. I really can't wait to see the positives because I know they're there. So that's good. Well, thank you for yeah. taking the time. Listening friends, it means a lot that you added us to your day today. Thank you so much. Wherever you find yourself on your journey with Jesus, I hope you finished this episode with your faith cheered, refreshed, or strengthened. Until next time!